Hello and welcome to From A to Xenon. I'm Jihan. I'm Avery. And we're here to talk about Jump In. Yes. Yes. This month we said that we we had been doing some kind of throwback episodes and I and then we had pushed more to the early 2010s. And I think we both agreed that we wanted to do an iconic film. Mm-hmm. And so we agreed upon Jump In. Oh, and I, am I like, it's iconic to such a degree where I'm like, it, it hits so many of those decom standards, which we'll get into. Absolutely. But mm-hmm. this is a decom set in Brooklyn. And we learned that right away because the first line is Brooklyn, home of Prospect Park, the Brooklyn Bridge. And teen boxing champion Izzy Daniels, and also from A to Xenon podcast host Jahan Madani and her four cats. What? <laughs> so I am here broadcasting from the home city of Izzy Daniels. So we're really going to get into it this time. We're we're really in it. <laughs> Fun fact: This film was filmed in Canada. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> Listen, it was a very beautiful idea of Brooklyn that, if I'm being honest, looked an awful lot like the high school musical to me sometimes. Yeah, I well, I was like, this looks clean. <laughs> but continue. We have a narrator. We do. Is what you need to know. We do have a narrator. And um, he's telling us about Izzy Daniels, played by Corbin Blue, who is a teen boxing champion who is practicing at the boxing gym and then immediately leaves the gym and is dancing through the streets. I want to just pause to let the listeners know that during this like choreography dance running scene that an iconic boy band called NLT, which I was obsessed with in middle school and in high school, go stream that girl, um, is playing It's On. And guys, I was in it to win it. I just got like engrossed in such nostalgia i like immediately smiled the minute like corbin blue was running through the streets and doing the choreography but continue no no and you know we're just uh we're seeing that he's like kind of the mayor of his his neighborhood in brooklyn you know the same way we you they establish like somebody knows everybody gets along with everybody teasingly takes an orange from the fruit stand as you do uh, <laughs> and then we meet his next door neighbor mary who is doing some double dutch with her friends and you know the regional competition is friday their routine has to be tight if they're gonna make it to city and um they have like a very cute like teasing rapport immediately and she and she's like waving him off and the friends are like you like him but mary doesn't have time for liking because mary is you know like she's as serious about double dutch as he is about boxing and who plays Mary, Johan? Now, I, uh, I'm i so sorry for waiting to say this, but Mary is played by our queen, Kiki Palmer. And I think... Kiki I, Palmer! The number of episodes she's been mentioned in already, you know, it's up there with Brenda's song. <laughs> yeah. And I will say she does have a special credit in the... And you notice that immediately. Like, the credits are running. And you know how, like, people, like, are... It's like, and Kiki Palmer instead of just, like, her name, she got that and Kiki Palmer. So, you know, she's got good agents. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we we head home to uh, to Izzy's house where his dad and little sister are. And am I correct in saying this is our first time on the podcast getting like a Disney little sister who is also a black little sister? <laughs> you know what? You say that and I'm going through all of our episodes. I think so. And yes. well, Karen... 
Karen does the job. I feel like we've had other little sisters named Karen for what it's worth. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But she really, she she is like a classique, right? It's like that she's in the image of the little sister from Smart House, for example, where she's immediately- Very precocious. Precocious and there to rag on him. Um, and yeah. the dad is there and he's he's all about boxing immediately. He's already talking about how boxing is 20% talent and 80% heart. So we know that Izzy's dad has a sort of one-track boxing focus. And now, I told you already, this is a classic decom structure. What does that mean? The mom's got to be dead. <laughs> we are miss- We are a single-parent household. And I think you know that immediately when dad is trying to cook, like, this famous chili, it looks disgusting. And he's like, I try to make it like your mama did. So... Extremely smart house. <laughs> yes. 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 And like the kids are clearly like too nice to him about it and try to like step uh, like step around all of that. And like the dad Mm -hmm. both like it's hitting really all the decom boxes because the dad is trying to be both parents, but he's also got really high expectations about boxing and for Izzy. Izzy is training for the Golden Gloves, Mm -hmm. which is an exhibition match against Big Rodney. (laughs) <laughs> Which is, we'll, we'll come to meet him later, but, like, is his competition slash, like, the neighborhood billy, bully. And I think Shahan talked about this. High expectations for Izzy. If he wins, he'll be the third generation of, like, Daniel Min to win the Golden Gloves. <laughs> so, like, the family pressure is on. And Dad's already, like, you know, you could go the whole way. You're going to have a whole career in boxing. And Izzy literally says, slow down. Um and we're in this, the dad actually runs the boxing gym. So we're meeting a whole cast mm-hmm. of characters, including like Felix, who is another coach and like seems to be like the dad's number two at the gym, but also like his, uh, Izzy's two best friends who are like, basically they're boxers too, but they're basically there to clown on everybody at the gym, including Izzy, Lil Earl and Chuck. <laughs> I love Earl. <laughs> I love Earl, who is currently in the process of clowning on Tammy because she's a girl boxer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What? What's wrong with that? I don't know. But Chuck kind of seems to like her. I don't know. He's got a smile for Tammy. <laughs> they have vibes. <laughs> so the next morning, it's the day of the double Dutch competition and Karen is supposed to go, but the dad uh, has to deal with a leak at the boxing gym. Uh-oh. And so... <laughs> and so because there's a leak at a gym and he has to go fill it, um, he asks, Izzy to go take Karen to this double Dutch competition. I wouldn't say ask. Um, this boy has no choice. <laughs> oh yeah. He he like clearly has clearly has no choice. And so poor Izzy, he was like already out the door, like about to leave, and now has to take his sister to this double Dutch competition. Mm-hmm. While he's taking his sister to the double Dutch competition, not just her, but like also her <laughs> friends too. I was like, dang, y'all really let Izzy. <laughs> He in charge of all these kids. A single mom who works two jobs, who loves his kids and never stops. <laughs> um, they run into the neighborhood bully, which is Rodney, who's also like his competition. They have some words. But then they get to the competition and we see Mary and her team, who are called the Joy Jumpers. It's cute. Um, I think that's a very cute name. <laughs> made up of Shauna, Keisha, and Yolanda. And I think it's very clear that, like, they've got some issues. Mm-hmm. 
like very clear in this team. It's clear that Mary is like running the team. She's the one in charge of routines. But we also have Yolanda, who I feel like is a negative Nancy and is like, oh, we're not good enough. And but it's crazy because Yolanda is like their newest member. She's like she just moved there from Atlanta and she's like really good. And they like recruited her because they needed a fourth member, which we learned from their their rivals, Gina and the Dutch Dragons. And Gina's this girl who's like, mm. who did you like find? Cause like we heard you were retiring cause you couldn't even get four members. But they got Yolanda. But like, I feel like if I'm new to a team, I'm not gonna be the one who's like, well, we're gonna lose. Why'd you join that? <laughs> Why'd you join right? this attitude? <laughs> if you don't wanna be She's here. so negative. <laughs> she truly keeps like, I was like, mm-hmm. it must be another member of the team who's dragging them down in this way. But no, it's Yolanda who just does not want to be a Joy Jumper. And again, has no legal obligation to be a Joy Jumper. <laughs> um, but Izzy, Izzy's here. He's like looking around and he's seeing all this jumping. And he's like, I can't believe they make such a big deal about jumping rope. And I was like, Izzy, Izzy, don't be like this. Um, and then we get into the competition. And here I typed... All these Dutch angles, more like double Dutch angles, because for some reason this scene is filmed at an angle. <laughs> There's no reason for it. What? There's, the camera is turned. And I do know it's really hard to make a decom about sports because you're more focused on getting talented children than you are talented athletes. And it's just, I will say this competition, it's its not that fun to watch. It's like some bad jumper <laughs> Regardless, <laughs> our character Izzy is captivated. Oh my God. And the narrator says that, like, someone opened a door to a whole new world that day. Like, Izzy is clapping. He pretends not to and is like, oh, it's a bug. But, like, <laughs> he really gets into it. And you really just see that, that you, sparkle in you, his you eye. S- you really see him light up. And it really is like watching Chad from High School Musical, like, love dance. It's like that same thing. Like, you know, Corbin's ch- uh, checking into that same feeling. Um, we So we watch the competition and, okay, you know what? The, the Joy Jumpers are going to regionals, actually. They're going to the city finals. They got fourth place. Yes got fourth place so they qualified for city finals meanwhile our rival team the dutch dragons they did get first um and so this is where again yolanda with her negative self is coming in and they're like oh we're not gonna win because like mary's routine is whack like it's boring like we can't win with this you can't show up with that attitude yolanda you gotta show up with like solutions not like negativity i don't know she's just such a shitster <laughs> And meanwhile, Gina is talking shit about their t-shirts because they're the Joy Jumpers are in t-shirts. And she's like, and I just had to say, Gina, I know you are not shit talking their t-shirts in your denim vest with sequins. Get out of here. Ah! Get out. The fashion police. <laughs> it's very funny that I'm the fashion police on this because one, Avery is more stylish than me. And two, I was just at a family wedding where I was like truly standing around like, oh my God, my cousins look so good. I'm wearing my mom's clothes right now. Mom's fashionable, but I looked like a mom, not one of the cousins. (laughs) But anyway. (laughs) Um, But yes, Yolanda thinks the routine is whack. And then we're at school and we actually start to learn a little bit more about Rodney. Mm -hmm. We see it, uh, it's early or, or late and like the only people around are Rodney, a teacher and Izzy. And 
Izzy sees a teacher give Rodney a whole bag of clothes and say, you know, we know your dad's having trouble at home. We all just want to help out. And the narrator says, you know, Rodney was just a poor kid with problems at home. Um, but Rodney sees Izzy and just dumps the clothes in the trash, which is a bummer. Um, and that's what's actually going through Izzy's head before his exhibition match with Rodney that day. And he just doesn't seem to be in it initially in that first round he's losing. But Izzy has something Rodney doesn't, which is his dad in his corner, right? And Izzy's dad is there like in his ear, he's encouraging him and he tells him to stay with him and find his rhythm. And we really do see like Izzy's attitude to the fight change just with his dad kind of there push, uh, like pushing him, but also like supporting him, which I think is the important part here. And so Izzy wins the match. Mm-hmm. Has a, has a bad first round, but ultimately wins the match. Because, you know, it's very clear, like Jahan said, that Izzy's, like, very talented. The mayor of the town kind of showboats a little bit. But I think what we also see, like, in this next scene is that Izzy is, like, genuinely a good person. Mm-hmm. So a- even after the competition ends, I guess Izzy went back to go find that bag of clothes that Rodney threw in the trash. And, like, later that night, he, like, drops it off at his front door and, like, knocks on the door and, like, runs away so that Rodney doesn't see him. And so he doesn't know who gave it to, like, who who dropped off the clothes, but, like, he's actually able to, like, get them. And, you know, they just fought and Rodney was not nice to him. And it really does tell us that, like, Izzy cares first, which I really liked seeing. Um, I was really like, I love mm-hmm. our boy. <laughs> that was like, I mean, I always love our stars, but this was the, that was the moment that really, like, sold me on Izzy. He's like a sweetheart. Yeah. But yeah. And I also really love the friendships in this movie. Um, we, we also just saw, like, after he won, his friends are kind of, like, still clowning on him. And I do think there's some really fun friendships with Earl and Chuck here. We then see a bad friendship <laughs> because Uh-oh. we didn't see a bad friendship because Yolanda is wild. She is like telling Mary she is not in this to play games. She's in it to win. Ah! Oh my God. And I think Mary's in it to win. Why are you saying that? But Yolanda doesn't want to be a part of this team anymore. Mm-mm-mm. She quits. And so that night on the balcony, and I don't think we established this, but so Izzy and Mary like clearly have some like vibes and tension. And I think what also is the reason why is that they're actually neighbors, like they live in the same building. Mm -hmm. And so at night, like they see each other on their balconies and like on their windowsills. And so that night, Izzy sees Mary crying. And so he climbs up to like comfort her. And so I just think that's a sweet moment too, because tension vibes, all the things we're building, we're building people. We are building. And I, I do think it's a really sweet moment because he, they also have this really good, like, teasing rapport that I, I, like you said, the tension and the vibes. And it just, like, when you've got Kiki Palmer's, like, comedic timing and, like, Corbin's charm, it's not necessarily that they have chemistry because I do think they're a little bit, like, off in age in a way that prevents true chemistry. <laughs> but they do have, like, a really fun rapport. If you disagree, Avery, mm-hmm. I will hear it. <laughs> no, no, no. I, th- I think rapport is is very much there yeah for sure so the next day earl and chuck are like at school talking smack about how like rodney lost and so rodney wants the rematch 
Izzy's like, dude, I won, let it go. But Rodney calls him chicken. And so I think this is like a for Rodney, like this isn't over yet. Mm-hmm. Like he he wants a rematch. He wants his revenge. Like it's on. Yes. And then <laughs> and then meanwhile, the joy jumpers are trying to figure out someone to take Yolanda's place. And I love this scene. It's- <laughs> I, I will just say before we go into it, it is a moment where the, sh- the the movie remembers, oh, Kiki Palmer has perfect comedic timing and it's time to lean on that because you are reminded that there is nobody better, which is why this is one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> <laughs> they go and like try to list all these people who could potentially take Yolanda's place. And it's like, yeah, what about my cousin so-and-so? And it's like, isn't she blind? <laughs> <laughs> she has extreme myopia. <laughs> It's so funny. Uh, cousin Aubrina, I'm sorry. <laughs> and they're like, that girl has two left feet. <laughs> some mm-hmm. other girl has some sort of arm that isn't good enough. I don't know. <laughs> like, Mary is not having it. Once again, uh, it's time for Izzy to say that double Dutch is easy. And like, they should it should be easy to find a replacement because even his sister can do it. And they're like... Mm-hmm. Okay, then, come on, show us what you got. And he says a line that only Corbin could pull off, which is, come on with the come on. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> and um, we learned that they have really creative nicknames for each other because she says, let's see it, boxer boy. Bring it on, jump girl. Yes. We went <laughs> We went to the, <laughs> to the drawing board and said, this is what we've got for this film. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, initially, Izzy does not succeed. Same thing as the boxing match, honestly. Mm-hmm. He like he goes in at first and he kind of like whiffs it. But then he, yeah. he says, okay, okay, let me go again. Let me go again. And he goes in and he's really fast. And his sister's watching from the distance and she's impressed. And Keisha and Shauna are super impressed. Keisha and Shauna are like, hey, hey, what about? And they start to consider him an option for the team. But Mary, Mary does not even consider that an option until the next scene. And, yeah, and then immediately in the next scene, we see Izzy jumping rope at the gym and the girls ask him to join. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, like the city finals is in a couple of weeks. Like we need people. And Izzy's like, he can't go out like that. Like he has a rep to maintain <sighs> and says no. And so like they're upset, especially Mary, because I think he like jokingly says like, well, you know, you can't forget about me. And Mary goes, already forgotten and i was like there he is not happy i know i was like please this is romance (laughs) (laughs) his his delivery of oh come on mary you know you can't forget me i was like oh i don't think i can forget izzy (laughs) (laughs) and then he runs into keisha and shauna when he's picking up a pizza because his dad is once again cooking chili and he doesn't want Karen yeah. to starve, you know, again, single mom who works too hard. Um, <laughs> Keisha and Shauna are like, well, we just need somebody to fill in until we find somebody. And he starts to consider it because he's okay being a temp double dutcher, right? And then they also convince him by straight up lying and saying, Mary really wants you. And we immediately <laughs> cut to Mary saying, over my dead body. <laughs> Wait. She says, over my dead body. And then she's like, what about my cousin? And they're like, didn't she move to Alaska? And they're like, she can buy a plane ticket. (laughs) Truly, (laughs) 
some of the funniest lines and all of them you know are going to be coming directly from Kiki Palmer. It's funny because her care I, I don't think they establish her character as being that fun and silly of a character, but then she'll suddenly burst out into like, I'd almost say break character into Kiki a little bit and that's when you have the fun. It's it's so good. It's The delivery is like perfect. It's so, it's, it's very good. <laughs> so what's a plane ticket? <laughs> Um, and Izzy basically makes her say please and is like, okay, if you're begging, I'll join the team. But the conditions are, because they were like, oh, like, let's have practice, like, out on the street, like they normally do. And Izzy's like, absolutely not. We have to do practice, like, at 6 a.m. before school at my dad's gym. So, like, Izzy, is, it's very clear that, like, he doesn't want anyone knowing that he is a double dutcher. He doesn't want to be made fun of or anything like that. We got to keep this a secret. Izzy, you gotta, you gotta open your heart to new possibilities. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Let's move on. But yeah, they're like, don't worry. She's, Keisha and Shauna are still all about it. And they're like, don't worry. She's happy on the inside. Way on the inside. So the next day, you know, they're at the gym and the double dutch team is like stretching. And he's like, I thought we were here to jump. They're like, we got to stretch and then like run first. And he's like, but it's, it's just double dutch. And Mary's annoyed because she's like, I told y'all, he thinks this is a joke. And, you know, he kind of does. But she she explains, it's a sport just like boxing, just like any other sport. And they're, they're going to stretch and they need to run for their endurance. And that's when we first get jumped. Uh, well, we've heard it before because it's it plays throughout the movie. But this is the first time we hear the words to jump to the rhythm by Jordan Pruitt. Ooh. <laughs> and, ooh. <laughs> they said, give us a little... Uh, uh, put your records on by Corinne Bailey Ray, but about jumping and for this film, <laughs> that's what you get. <laughs> wow, Shahan, I did not know you were a music editor, a reviewer. <laughs> Listen, Pitchfork, if you need somebody, call me. Because <laughs> I gave this song two thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> so they basically... He, they're, they're starting to like, the music's playing, it's really fun, and they start to show him what they can do. And they essentially show Izzy that he's not all that, right? They tell him to jump in and he, like, and not to do just the speed like he had before and actually do, do a, like a turn like uh, Mary does. And he immediately can't do it. But he like agrees to keep going and give it a real try. And um, he succeeds at a, a simple jump. And then we see him, I think it's the next day, actually we see him like kind of practicing like some of the moves he saw in the competition at home Mm -hmm. and he shows up to practice and they're like all right let's start with the speed and he's like what about freestyling and they're like we don't we don't have time to see you freestyle but it turns out they do because he's been working on it and he shows them that he's into it and that's when we like see him show up and like really like show up Fans, we get a montage. We get a montage. The second, yes, the second we see him show up, the movie says, and we're going to show up too with a song called Vertical. Vertical. <laughs> so good. Uh, Izzy's waking up early. He's learning tricks. He's falling asleep in class. At some point, Tammy, our girl boxer, sees Izzy practicing with the joy jumpers early in the morning. That is to come later. But we also see like in doing all of the jumping or double dutching that his heart isn't into boxing like he like like it 
used to be like he's going a little slow on practices and like Mm -hmm. not doing as well and so when Tammy and Izzy are boxing I think Tammy knocks him down Mm -hmm. and like mentions something about the fact that like he is that she's seen him double dutching and so after practice, you know, Izzy's trying to be gracious and was like, oh, you were really good today, but also about that double punching, <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't need you to, like, spill my secrets. And Tammy says that, like, she won't tell anybody as long as Izzy quits with the girl boxing jokes, especially around our boy Chuck. Yeah, we love you, Chuck! <laughs> but the thing is, I was surprised by this because the movie forgot to show us that he was teasing her for being a girl boxer. We knew little Earl was, but he doesn't really. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I was like, Tammy, what is your problem with our boy? And then she says that, and I was like, I guess... We were supposed to believe he was also teasing her. Then, um, probably because of practice or something else, uh, Izzy shows up late for dinner and his sister's like, ooh, you're late. And we see this moment of tension with his dad where the dad's like, dinner is at seven in this house, always has been. And he's like, maybe things should start changing. And the dad's like, mom had dinner at seven and we will have dinner at seven. And it's like settled. So it's very clear, like the dad is like not doing well post uh, mom. Okay, so it's like clear that the dad is kind of stuck in his ways without mom and they're all kind of figuring out how to how to work around that and the dad is not willing to change. And then Izzy goes on a run and he actually sees some kids at a playground having some fun with Double Dutch and they're like a little younger than the stars of our movie, probably older than the little sister though. And then he goes to practice and he tells, he shows up and tells the Joy Jumpers they actually need a new freestyle. Mm-hmm. And it turns out Keisha and Shauna kind of agree. They're like, we have the best compulsory in speed, but a boring freestyle, we're still going to lose. And it's because they're so worried about being precise and perfect. Izzy's like, shouldn't freestyle be about fun? And Mary is like, clearly like very in her head about like good jumping. Mm-hmm. They get a chance to go see the kids like double dutching outside. Mary's like, oh, I thought we knew all of the teams. Like, who are they? And Izzy's like... They're just out here like having fun and like doing their thing. But while doing this, our boy Izzy is late to practice and dad is not happy that he's late and didn't show up for practice. But Izzy's hanging out with the Joy Jumpers and they're freestyling songs and like being all cute. Like what the what the youth do? Yeah. <laughs> It's it's real sweet. It's real cute. But Rodney overhears Izzy talk about jump roping and like tries to bully him. Mm-hmm. But Mary's like, yo, you need to chill and pours water all over him. And Izzy and the girls like take off running. It's very cute. It's it's very cute. And also when they take off running, Izzy's like, let me just do some flips away from it to show off. He's still, he does yeah. like a bunch of flips. It's wild. Our, our boy loves to flip. Our boy loves to flip. Uh, Corbin, our gymnast, our prince, um, said, let me bring what I am to this film. <laughs> <laughs> but he basically, it's really cool because it's Izzy's turn to remind them that this is what they did for fun as kids, right? And he like reminds them mm-hmm. double dutch should be fun. And it's mostly for Mary, who's really like so determined to be precise and perfect because that's what she thinks the judges want. But they, so they have some fun and he goes home and he's he's late. But first thing he does is immediately go out on the fire escape and talk to the girl he was just with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. And she's like, hey, Goofy. <laughs> she said it cooler than that, but she was like, hey, Goofy, thanks for nothing. 
and everything. Oh, and she like straight up says, look who likes double dutch more than boxing. And he's like not willing to say that yet. He's like, it's complicated. My dad, boxing's kind of his thing. (laughs) And even in this very serious moment, Mary's like, well, you know, I only did ballet because my mom wanted me to. But then when I quit, she said, good, because you look like a horse galloping across that stage anyway. (laughs) Ma'am, this is a serious moment. You can't go delivering (laughs) incredible lines like that. And she just really gets it. He's like, boxing's all my dad has. And she's like, no, he has you. So Mary is there for him and she really, really does seem to get what he's going through. Yeah, they're they're talking about their passions and she wants him to admit that he really loves Double Dutch. And then in this scene, in this conversation, Mary kisses Izzy. It's it's a surprise to us all because it does not feel like motivated. It feels very, very sudden, but also very chaste. (laughs) Yes, I was very shocked when it happened. I was like, Okay. It's early. It's unexpected. And it wasn't that serious, apparently. (laughs) Um, And then she's like, I gotta go work on that new routine. Peace. (laughs) And he goes back inside where his dad does catch him coming in the window. And he's like, yo, where were you? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I was out with friends. And his dad is like, you missed your practice match and curfew was two hours ago. Like, what is going mm-hmm. on? And he's like, you know, don't lose. You can't lose focus. I don't want to dis- you to disappoint yourself in the ring. And it's like, OK, he's focused on other things right now. At school, Rodney is once again after him. And Izzy basically like gets him into detention and gets him in trouble. So now Rodney's like triple mad. He's had water dumped on him. Izzy's been like, oh no, don't take my lunch money and gotten him detention. So like, and he's lost. But then he's like on a run and he hears music coming from the boxing gym and he pops his head in and he sees double Dutch practice. And I will say, I I like Rodney, the character. The actor is not great because he is like miming, laughing and like cracking up here and it's goofy. But he goes and he returns with a friend and a camera. And he's just taking pictures with the goofiest grin. The girls, meanwhile, are upset because, sure, things are going well, but they still need a fourth person for city finals. And so Izzy's like, I think you found your person. Like, I'm going to officially join the team. Like, we always knew that he would. Like, stop playing games. It's very funny. (laughs) Fell in. Fell in. (laughs) Nobody ever believed you were just a stand-in, least of all you, Izzy. But he's like, you know, you're not going to find anybody as good as me anyway. And it's so funny because it's there's so much, like, fronting, like, throughout this moment. Yes. Like, just acting like you're not into it. Um, acting yeah. like they don't really want him. Everybody's just pretending. And so now that Izzy has officially joined the team, they want to join or they want to enter into this double Dutch showcase in Harlem that's in a couple of days. Mm -hmm. And at first there's like a talk of hesitancy, but they're like, no, like we feel ready. Like we can do this. Yeah. Uh, I think Keisha's like, I don't think we're ready. But it's Izzy who's like, hey, we're ready. So he's joined the team and he's like committed and he thinks the team is ready. So it's like him driving it because he's like a big part of the heart of this team right now. Yeah. And another condition that Izzy has for joining the team is that he wants to change the name. He doesn't want to be the Joy Jumpers anymore. Rude. (laughs) 
And so he changes the name to the Hot Chili Steppers. I'll take it. Yeah, I, I like I'll it. I'll take it. I like it. It's cute. The day of the showcase, his little sister Karen wants to know where he's going. And in classic decom fashion, he says, Nanya. <laughs> Ooh, felt that brink big brother little sister vibe in my bones. Um, yes. <laughs> but unfortunately, when he says Nanya, he invites his downfall because Karen decides to fuck up his shit. <laughs> yeah, our girl Karen is a snitch. <laughs> And she was over here like, Dad, Izzy's leaving. And so... It's not right. What she does to him is not right. Down dirty. But his dad asks, like, where are you going? And he's like, oh, uh, uh. And dad's like, well, I have tickets to go see a boxing match. Wait, wait. Let's go. But the thing is, he does tell his daddy his plans. He says, you know, I'm hanging out with Mary. And the dad's like, ooh, you've been hanging out with her a lot. And then this dad, who thinks his son has a date with a cute girl, says... What if you hang out with dad instead of Mary? Which I think is so much worse than just saying I have tickets to a boxing match when you think he doesn't have plans. He's like, and these kids don't have cell phones since 2007. I mean, I had a cell phone in 2007, but apparently these kids don't. <laughs> I mean, they do, but they're not re- using them in this moment for some reason. They have tickets to a boxing match to see a real champion box. So he doesn't know what to do. And he stands them up. Oh, when we see these poor girls like at this big old competition, just like only three members. And the first thing he does when he gets home is he goes to the fire escape. But uh, Mary wants nothing to do with him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Basically, she's like, you asked to be on the team and then you just left us hanging. Oh, and you know, Mary, Mary delivers lines. She doesn't just say something. Yes. She says, we look like fools up there. We were counting on you. <laughs> And oh, she she threw a line in there. She was like, you showed me I can't rely on you. And I was like, I felt that. I was like, dang, I'm not reliable. She was like, what was I supposed to do? And she goes, make a choice. Because Mary is all about like, like, just tell it like he, he sees things as so confusing. And Mary's like, it is very clear to me what you need to do at this juncture. He's like all torn up inside. And she's like, no, no, here's the things to do. And here's what you have to do. And he's yeah. like, I couldn't. And she's like, then I'll make it for you. You're off the team. Devastating. But you know what? He broke their hearts because he's the one who told them they had it in them that for the showcase. And he just, he let them down. Mm-mm-mm. We're back at the boxing gym. The boys are watch- once again watching Tammy box. And like Earl's like, lucky punch. And basically he's like, no, Tammy's not lucky. She's good. And not just for a girl, for anyone. And then he like straight up says, just because she's a girl doesn't mean she can't box. Just like guys can do other stuff. And we're like, what other stuff is he? What could this possibly be about? <laughs> but this is such a classic decom trope. When I heard Izzy say those lines, my mind immediately went to like Eddie's million dollar cook-off, motocross. Like of all the movies. It's truly like- Right on track. It's exactly. It's hitting all those boxes where like, you're talking about someone else, but you're really talking about you. It's a sport you want to do and not what other people want. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Can we also talk about my favorite line in this scene? Because I think it, I think this is the time where they're talking about Tammy having being a good at boxing. And Chuck is like, yeah, that time she like knocked you out last week. And Earl goes, I told you, I thought I saw a quarter on the floor. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I laughed so hard. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't ready. No, 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 no. Absolutely. How could you be ready for that? <laughs> also, I love that he spends all his time call, not call, calling her not a good boxer when he's getting his ass handed to him by her. <laughs> um, uh, so the but then we we check in with our um, hot chili steppers, our joy jumpers and Keisha and Shauna are desperate to ask Izzy back. They're like, he's apologized like eight times. And, you know, like. All Mary wants is to be perfect. And they were as close as they were going to get with Izzy. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the next day is when Rodney decides to strike. Rodney has all of those photos that he took of Izzy jumping and he's printed them all over the school on pink paper for the whole school to see. And and everybody's laughing. It's so much laughter. And I'm just like, is it that funny? Is it that funny? But like... His friends are clowning on him and his friends do like clown on him, but he's like, he reacts pretty strongly to that. And they were like, we're just playing, we're just playing. But it's like, still, he like, you're not there for him right now. And everybody's making fun of him and he's like going through it. And this is when we get what I call the sad Izzy sequence. (laughs) The song, Where Do I Go From Here kicks in. And it's just him like looking devastated it's like his like it's almost like his like bet on it but it's he's not singing he's just looking sad right Mm -hmm. he crumples up the paper in the trash and it's not just him we're seeing be sad he's like sad and conflicted but then like we see the dad breaks a plate and he's like looking at pictures of the mom because she could do dishes better than him i guess that one didn't feel like as clear of a connection to me and mary is like trying to talk to izzy but he's not opening his window so she's clearly having second thoughts about kicking him off the team and everyone is sad everyone's missing izzy's mom uh where do i go from here and the answer is nowhere we see him watching double dutch and he, we see him like watch double dutch from the car window and turn away because he's moved on yeah what sort of cements that is the next day when his dad goes to give him the golden gloves he won which it, it's like a little like pendant i'd say a gorgeous little pendant <laughs> of two golden gloves and the dad goes to give it to him and he finds the the pictures of him that they you know that say loser that have pictures of him double dutch jumping And once again, Karen does her brother wrong, I would say. Dad finds these pictures in the trash and confronts Izzy about it and is like, what are these pictures? Izzy's like, you went through my trash? And he's like, it's my house. (laughs) And Izzy, I mean, not Izzy, and Karen just proceeds to spill the tea about Izzy being on a double dutch team, being on the hot chili steppers, like literally gives the whole plot of the movie of what's been happening for the past. She said, I am the Cliff Notes dad. (laughs) I got you. You haven't been watching, but I'm here. (laughs) And Izzy is so upset and is like, shut up, Karen. And this is where we get shut down, go up, (laughs) prices. I could not handle this line. So take my advice and shut up to Izzy. Isn't that this thing? I love it. I live. It's so funny. Shut, don't go Iconic. Up. Prices do. We're the hot chili steppers. Mary's double dutch team. Ronnie fat. Shut up, Karen. Shut, don't go up. Prices do. So take your advice and shut up. Both of you quiet. Iconic. I remember saying this on the playground in elementary That's all the time. So, so I'm so funny. <laughs> I have never heard it. Which I... <laughs> what? 
Oh my God. Wait, wait, what's the second part? It's, I think it's shut don't go up prices too. So why don't you take your own advice and shut up too? <gasps> <laughs> I promise it's you. It's a burn. I had never heard it on the playground. I thought Karen had done something here today. <laughs> I was like, Karen, oh, damn. <laughs> it's much better than it's a relevant reference. Um, and so basically the dad like sends Karen off to her room. So finally she also gets punished. But he does that because he wants to like talk to talk to Izzy about what's going on. And he's like, you know, is this why your mind's not in the ring? Why haven't you been telling me about this? And Izzy finally like breaks down and is like, because you wouldn't have heard me unless I was talking about boxing. It's all you ever talk about. It's all we've talked about since mom died. And he straight up says it, which is, I don't even like it anymore. I'm just doing it for you. And we get that classic line where it's like, it's not my dream, dad, it's yours. But he says, I'm just doing it for you. And that's not fair. Just because you don't have a life anymore means you have to take mine away. And I'll say it's a little more cutting than the, it's not your dream, dad, it's uh, my dream, dad, it's yours. Because he also like, calls the dad out on being sad and lonely post his wife's fairly recent death, I'd say, because they don't talk about it like uh, like how recent it was, but in the pictures, he's Corbin. <laughs> he's a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> so it was yeah. in the past year or two, I'd say. <laughs> I, I wholeheartedly agree with you that this, I feel like this just stings a little bit more than like, it's not my dream, dad, it's yours. It's like, it it hurt. It hurt. It, when he said it, I was like, Ooh. We we whenever um in writing Karma's world we have a moment where Karma's a little too bad, we call her bad karma because we're just like, oh, we we shouldn't have done that. And the thing is, when we write bad karma, we also have to write consequences because we don't want to like model her getting away with that. Cause so once when she talks back to an elder, we straight up have her her like neighbor, an older woman, be like, Ooh, I'm calling your mama. And I think you need that here because he basically like mouths off to his dad with mm -hmm. zero like zero consequence but like i get that things have been boy boiling for a bit but it's it's yeah <laughs> it is pretty surprising <laughs> yeah um, but then izzy i think izzy also does feel bad because this is sort of their final nail in the coffin of his like um double dutch dreams he decides he finds the golden gloves on his bed and realizes his dad was giving him something nice and he kind of like recommits to boxing like uh, Mary shows up at the boxing gym find, to finally ask him back. And he's like completely focused on the, the punching bag and is like, I'm a boxer. And this is a beautiful moment because once again, Mary says what he's not willing to say or hear. And she's like, you love double Dutch, Izzy. You know you do and you're good. And he says, I'm not doing it. I'm sorry. And Mary doesn't let that fly because she's like, no, Izzy. I'm sorry. Mm. I'm sorry too. Your boy is giving up his dream. <sighs> and we've got a movie filled with wiser people than Izzy, I'd say, because then it's Tammy's turn to call him out. <laughs> Tammy's like, dude, I'm a girl boxer. I get flack for being a girl boxer all the time, mm -hmm. but I love it. And I'm the number one girl boxer in the city. <gasps> like the number one girl shredder on the mountain. <laughs> Cloud nine. <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, she she calls him out and says that like I enjoy this and basically tells him like you shouldn't give up what you enjoy just because some people are making fun of you. It's not okay. Yeah, and you know, people make fun, that's their problem, not yours, you know? Um mm-hmm. and Felix, the other the other coach at the gym, hears this and is like straight up like, Yeah, listen to her. <laughs> And I love that from Felix because he's like kind of been he's very quiet throughout the movie, but he clearly like is a little more on the like page of supporting the kids than the dad has been throughout the movie. Absolutely. And then we run into Rodney, who finally like basically backs us into a corner with a crowd of people like he's brought a whole crowd and is like, we're doing our rematch. And he like doesn't let him leave. And Izzy is sort of at like his breaking point in terms of like, you know, like. He's shut down his double Dutch dreams. He's let so many people down. He's uh, he's had it out with his dad and he agrees to it. Um, and we get a little bit of good trash talk because Rodney's like, you're about to get schooled. <laughs> Izzy says, well, those who can't do, teach. <laughs> well, well. <laughs> I don't love that sentence because I think teachers are very, very talented. <laughs> I couldn't teach. <laughs> Um, and then we get some bad trash talk, I'd say. It's weird because Izzy is on a higher plane this match, I'd say, where he, but first Mm -hmm. he starts off a little too harsh for my taste because he said, Mm. you think if you beat me now, that's going to change the fact that your daddy's out of work, sir? Yeah, he said that he said that line a little too loud. And I was like, the other kids don't need to hear about exactly. his family situation. Not appropriate. Low blow. Yeah, I, I thought that was too low of a blow. And I was like, Izzy, that was wrong of you. And that is not who you are. That's not the boy who took the clothes and left them silently. You know, like it just it's it's it was too low of a blow. But then he starts to kind of I think then he actually I don't know why they started there. I think that was the wrong. I think without that line, this scene works really well. Mm hmm. Because then it's kind of Izzy, like, reaching the higher plane that loving double Dutch has brought him to. <laughs> and sort of mm-hmm, just, like, mm-hmm. helping helping Rodney out without really helping Rodney out. He's like, it's not going to change everyone here thinking of you as a loudmouth bully. You can't use fighting to get respect. Mm-hmm. And we do see that Felix is in the other room letting this happen once once he hears that Izzy's kind of, like, on the right page. I think he kind of lets it happen. Yeah. I mean, who's letting these kids box unsupervised? Like, Felix. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, Rodney keeps going at him, and that's when Izzy decides to sort of, like, bring out the new moves. (laughs) My man is out here doing flips in the ring. (laughs) Yes, he starts doing all his little double dutch flips across across the ring, and he's like, I don't need ropes to do this, but with ropes, it's more impressive. <laughs> and his friends start getting into it. They're like, oh yeah. <laughs> you see his friends back on the side. <laughs> it's this very interesting scene where he just keeps, he finally is just like, he's like not actually trying to fight Rodney, we realize. He's just kind of like flipping around him while being like, I'm sorry about your dad. I'm sorry I beat you. And I'm sorry that you're so angry, but I'm not doing this with you. And I was truly like, is he? Why are you going so deep right now? But it's apparently what Rodney needs to hear. Yeah, that there are more important things than being mad. And I think it's interesting because I think like, is he's right? Like both of them are mad, but for very different mm-hmm. reasons. I think for for Rodney, it's like his home situation mm-hmm. and just needing to lash out because of that. But I think for Izzy, like this pressure of like needing to be the best mm-hmm. and not being able to live his own life, a very 
classic yeah. main character decom trope. But they're both mad. And so Izzy's like, you know, there are more important things than being mad. Um, Izzy leaves the ring. Mm-hmm. Rodney tries to go after him and falls. And like all the kids are like, finish him. And even <laughs> Rodney's like, do what you gotta do. <laughs> what do they all expect to happen here? Like for him to just I, punch a boy on the know. ground while he's down and out? You don't finish a boy like that. (laughs) I don't know. But Izzy takes the higher ground and says no and is tired of being mad. And like, he walks away. And the narrator says, like, no one had ever stood up to Rodney and told him the truth. And it was a moment he would never forget. Like, yeah, it's real. It's It's real. And it's honestly all stuff Rodney needed to hear. Did he need to hear it in the middle of a boxing match? Maybe not. But maybe he wouldn't have listened any other place. Who knows? (laughs) That's true. That's true. You got to meet kids where they're at. And the next day, it's the city finals, baby. We're finally here. We And you we know who is here. the fourth day. <laughs> you know who is the fourth member of the Hot Chili Steppers? Not blind Abrina. Abrina, <laughs> the cousin with extreme myopia, falls down <laughs> while fixing her glasses. <laughs> and and literally the girls are like oh god we're gonna lose (laughs) until i believe shauna sees izzy and is like izzy and mary's like forget izzy he's not coming okay and she's like no izzy he's here and the second we see izzy abrina is gone (laughs) i don't think we see her again as far as i know because we forget about her immediately (laughs) but he shows up and he's like, I'm sorry. And initially Mary like is like, I'm sorry, that all you got? But then she breaks and she's like, cause around here, you need two I'm sorry's and a uniform. Yeah! <laughs> Arms in the air, baby! <laughs> so cute. The Dutch dragons try to pass by and are talking smack. Yolanda's like, is it? <laughs> like, you tried this team? They talk smack, but it's it's time to it's time to compete. We do see that Rodney comes actually to the city finals competition, as do Earl, Chuck, and Tammy. So they're all there. And the competition is broken up into three parts. So we have like the routine, the speed jumping, and then the freestyle. And so it's I think it's called the compulsory because it's all the things you have to, all the moves you have to know, basically. Yes, yes, yes. And so for the compulsory slash like routine yeah, set, yeah. the hot chili steppers win first place. <laughs> In compulsory, the Dutch dragons get second place to them. Yeah. And they're not thrilled. Um, but in speed, Izzy's going as fast as he can, but they get second and Yolanda gets first for the Dutch dragons, which means they're mm-hmm. tied. And it's down to the freestyle. Um, also, and I, uh, sorry, oh, just top three, uh, top three teams are going to state. I don't know if we said that. But... Oh, no, we didn't. We didn't. <laughs> but it's freestyle time. And I really love this because before they get on, like Mary is so confident and uh. she stops stressing and like she's actually having fun with this. Yeah. And you love to see it. The, <laughs> the other girls are like still freaking out. They're like, we're going after the Dutch dragons. The And even, even like... Izzy's like, these teams are good. But for once, it's Mary who's like, why are you sweating other teams? And Izzy's like, who are you and what'd you do with Mary? 
And like, like Avery said, somebody told her to stop tripping and have fun, which is really, I love that Mary has her little arc and it's gorgeous. Yes. I have to say this competition visually blows the regional one out of the water. (laughs) It's like they saved all their budget on like jumpers and also like costumes and like crowd for this competition instead of regionals, which was kind of like the jumping looked fine. (laughs) They were like, let's blow them away here. Yeah. And, and tell me why this crowd is bigger than the one, the one Lemonade Mouth performed to in Madison Square. <laughs> <laughs> Not the ant size, Madison Square Garden. Oh no! <laughs> they brought extras here that they could not get to New Mexico for Lemonade Mouth. Oh no! <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. Please go oh, on. Oh, I was going to say, before they get on to, we also see Izzy have a little bit of growth because Izzy admits that he's never been on a team. Like, he's always competed solo and it's always just been him and his fists. And so mm-hmm. he's not used to, like, depending on people. And so that's a little bit of growth for him as well. We'd love to see it. We'd love to see it. It's, it's so sweet. And then right as they're about to go on stage and perform, Dad and Karen show up. Mm-hmm. And Izzy like kind of freezes because he doesn't know if this is what his dad wants to see or anything. But Mary goes, Izzy, you can do this. And then he locks eyes with his dad and his dad is smiling so big because his dad's there for him regardless, right? It's, it doesn't have to be boxing. He's there for him. And Izzy touches to his, his little necklace because he has the golden gloves on. Oh. <laughs> and that's beautiful. It's time for them to freestyle. And they're not going to freestyle to just any song, are they, Avery? Absolutely not. <laughs> they have to compete first to Kiki Palmer's song, It's My Turn Now. And they start off so cool. They're in their glow-in-the-dark shoes and gloves, neon orange. They're going off their freestyle fits. So they had cool jerseys on for the, um, the other sections of the competition. Uh-huh. But their freestyle fits are these cool like neon yellow shirts with these sparkly hoodies. The denim vests have nothing on these. And these outfits are iconic to me. We'll we'll talk about why in a second, but. Okay. God, so they, they are going off, it's going in the dark. And you know, I am like clapping. I'm like, God, that was so good. But guess what? I was clapping at the wrong time because you think it's the end? No, it's the end of the section to it's my turn now. Because they're about to do the section to push it, push it to the limit. It's time. There's more competition. I truly thought it was over and they were like, we're still going, baby. (laughs) Yo, it turned into for a moment, like rather than double dutching or jump roping, like they do a whole dance routine to Corbin Blue, which I want to make clear, sings the song. They do a whole little dance routine to push it to the limit. I am determined to like memorize this <laughs> this dance routine. I would love to learn it. I do think even for freestyling, it feels like they went a little too freestyle. There's not a rope inside, Avery. Right? <laughs> like literally for a full minute, there is no rope. And I was like, is this allowed? <laughs> and the reason those outfits are so iconic to me is because this is all the push it to the limit music video that you used to. <laughs> They used to air on Disney every day. <laughs> like, I feel like they're in those outfits for so much of that video. But maybe I'm wrong. I did watch the Push It to the Limit video today. And it's weird because parts of it take place in a gym. 
and like Corbin Blue was like doing choreography with the like background dance or background dancers and like right. really doing it. But then also it cuts to scenes of jump in and it's this scene specific. Like, yeah. So yes. yes That's yes. what I remember. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so they, they're like riling up the crowd and they keep cutting back, cutting over to Earl and Chuck who are straight up dancing. And I'm, <laughs> they do it several times and it's so funny. And they also keep cutting to Rodney who's kind of having that same moment that, that I think Izzy had at that first double Dutch competition where we kept cutting to Izzy smiling and being like, cool. And here we're sm- cutting to like Rodney who's like, just like really excited to see Izzy do this. Mm-hmm. And finally, after a minute, the ropes are finally going again. <laughs> and then they proceed to jump some more. <laughs> they jump some more. And it's great. And they like, they like also have a moment where like Izzy's doing his solo box, uh, like solo jumping like he does in the boxing gym. The dad is loving it. I'm loving it. The crowd is loving it. They end with one last bit of dancing. And I did like, I love when Corbin like flips and I love when he does his boxing. But when he dances, I did feel like we're like seeing Corbin do what that boy was meant to do because Corbin Blue is at the end of the day a dancer. <laughs> and he's a good dancer. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay, the competition's over. But before we hear the results, what's going on? We have a beautiful moment with dad. And dad is so proud of him at the end. And Izzy was like, I just wanted to be your champ. And dad was like, you are. And I was just like, oh. You know, boxing is 20% talent and 80% heart. And your heart is somewhere else. Earl, Chuck, and Tammy come and like they're impressed. Um, It's also clear at this point that Chuck and Tammy are an item. Earl is like, I think I'm going to be sick, but who cares? Because we at the podcast believe in love and pursuing our crushes. So... (laughs) We support. Good for you, Chuck and Tammy. Don't listen to that boy. (laughs) And then Izzy also confronts Rodney. And Rodney's like, the double Dutch thing is kind of cool. Like, for a daddy's boy. And so they call it a truce. They they call it a truce. And I do want to say, you know, um, Izzy's dad also, like, acknowledges that he thought boxing was the right way to, like, keep their relationship going after their after his mom passed right because he was just like we both loved it and I thought it was a way for us to connect and it was just I wanted to be there for you and I boxing was my way of saying that so it's like it's he like completely got off on this wrong like path because he wanted to help Izzy yeah yeah and he also says the reverse of the classic line which is boxing is my dream it doesn't have to be yours (laughs) he straight up says it because DCOMs do not mince words. They say what they need to say. (laughs) It is time to announce who is going to state finals. It's time to announce. And third place. The Kung Fu Flyers. Yes. Who are a culturally inappropriate team that we have not acknowledged to this point. (laughs) Yes. Agreed. And second place is the Dutch Dragons. And then we stop. Telling the story. Yeah. The narrator's got other things to do. <laughs> because the narrator's telling the story to a bunch of kids at the Daniels boxing gym. And they're like, wait, wait, what happened? You know, like, did they win? Are Izzy and Mary still together? We see that the narrator is Rodney. What? Oh. And um, he's like, you know, in his narration, he's like, that day Izzy made a choice to do what makes you happy and not care about what others think. And it, you know, taught them all something. 
and it changed my life. Mm-hmm. And we like we finally see that like Rodney's like he's happy. He's like found something that fulfills him, and he's like clearly like ter- completely turned a corner. And he tells the kids this story because it really like it, it like helped him so much. And the kids are like, "Well, what happened?" And then he's like, "They didn't win state until the next year." And then we go back to the scene. And oh, and Mary and Izzy are still going strong. Don't worry. Those of us who love, love needed to know. Critical. <laughs> and then we go back to the scene and we see them announce as the winners. And it's amazing. Ooh. Yeah. It's beautiful. And then at the end, we see them, I guess, in front of their house or on their neighborhood block. And Izzy's dad is like trying to jump rope. And it's like, oh. He's doing what his kids love. It's beautiful. It did kind of remind me this whole ending scene very much gave me spin vibes, you know? Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of spin in this. And I would say um, when we write a decom, we can really lean heavily on these two as structural points because like spin, this is like structurally beat for beat, like a classic, classic decom. From your mouth to the Disney God's ears, Jahan and I want to write a decom. I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm just going to throw it out there. And that's the end of the movie. It was a ton of fun. And I know someone else had a ton of fun watching it. Adam, would you like to share your thoughts in Adam's corner? I will. As I said a little bit before we recorded, I'm a little sick, so I'm a little nasally. I share all of your thoughts. This was an amazing movie. I forgot how good this movie was and how prevalent Vertical was in the lexicon at this time. I was going to say, oh yeah, or like this is one of my favorite songs during that time. And then when you said it played on the Disney Channel just over and over, I was like, was it my favorite song or did I just hear it on TV all the time? But anyway, I figured I would just run through a few of the quick Google reviews here. Ooh, I feel like this is one of the older ones we're looking at Google reviews for. So <laughs> Actually, yeah, I figured they would be a lot of, I figured it'd be like, oh, it's jump in. There'd be tons of reviews. There's actually not a lot. And the ones that are there are actually not that long. So I have, I think like seven or so here. They're really only a few sentences. So I'm just going to run through them real quick and uh, feel free to stop me if you'd like. It also seems like there's some kind of trampoline restaurant uh, funhouse place called Jump In because <laughs> there were a few reviews that were talking about service and the quality of food <laughs> and stuff like that. So I sprinkled a few of those in here. I'm sure you can figure out which one those are. No, no, it's uh, we should. Well, we should go there as a podcast. Team I, I don't know celebrate. where it is. It's just okay. Uh, Here we go. Uh, The first one is from Alexis P. First trip to jump in in Escher. I guess that's where it is. Boys had an awesome time. Place wasn't too busy, clean, and lots of fun. Super friendly and helpful staff. Thanks, Curtis, Joe, and all the crew. We'll come again. Looking forward to trying out the cliff and climb. Emily T. This is in my top 15 fave Disney movies. It is seriously the best. It is hard to find a great little movie like this one. Be aware, it is hard to stop watching. Ethan V. My kids love coming in. We had a problem paying online and Morgan was extremely helpful. Very thankful. We sure will be back soon. Michelle R. Waited five minutes to get a coffee and gave up because the staff didn't even acknowledge me. Quino J. 
the movie was trash. It's just about kids jumping. <laughs> Takari M. Ironically, this movie is so motive. It tells you that you can things that you like to do, but it's okay to make a change. It's true. If you want to make a change, you make the change. Connor says, this movie was definitely a success. Got rid of my arachnophobia. Fisha S says, this movie makes me cry more and more till now. I will never stop loving it. And this last one is from Maximus B. And he says, I haven't watched it. (laughs) People really let themselves run wild on the Google reviews. This one was the wild, wild west of the Google reviews. (laughs) I don't know how it cured that one guy's arachnophobia. Not a single spider to be seen. What? (laughs) That's all I have to say. I yeah this movie what what a blast I agree with the one who said it was one of their top 15 <laughs> 15 not 10 but not 5 15. no 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 listen the top 10 it's uh it's hard to get into the top 10 top 15 maybe it could make it okay okay <laughs> I understand them no <laughs> but this is this was a, I just remember it being so much it was like a big deal on tv at the time like we always saw push it to the limit on tv and mm-hmm. It actually broke the record previously set by Cheetah Girls 2 as the decom premiere with 8.2 million viewers. You don't see numbers like that anymore. Wow. Streaming services are killing the decom. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> and it was um, Corbin's second number one hit for Disney Channel and Kiki Palmer's first. It was also only the highest rated until later that year when High School Musical 2 came out. <laughs> I was going to say, this movie is 15 years old. <sighs> I feel old. But you know, it holds up. It doesn't like, I don't feel like it, like certain decoms, you feel like they really show their age. Other than like using landlines, this one doesn't really like have anything that feels specific to an era because it's so specifically about one or two sports, yeah. which is kind of nice. Yeah. So cast, want to talk cast? Let's talk cast. I want to talk about Corbin Blue because decom movie surfers, listeners, It is a known fact that I have reservations about High School Musical. I will say that. Jahan is looking at me in disdain. It's not right. (laughs) I I have real things, thoughts about it. But... And I think in my my dislike or my iffiness about High School Musical, I think that, like, I kind of always just, like, set it aside and forgot how, like, truly talented Corbin Blue is. And I think this movie like really just highlights and like showcases that for me. I didn't realize because I was like doing like wiki dive that he grew up like as a dance mm-hmm. slash modeling kid. So he did jazz and ballet. And I didn't know that because I think the first movie I actually saw him in was Catch That Kid with Kirsten Stewart or Kristen Stewart. And then I saw him in like high school musical. And then oh. We always talk about, um, I also saw him in Discovery Kids Flight 29 Down, which (laughs) I talk about that show a lot. Everyone needs to go watch that show. It is basically the wild ones, that popular show that everyone's talking about, about the kids trapped on an island after a plane crash. That was Flight 29 Down. But (laughs) needless to say, he he just shines and is so talented. And I think it really shows in this movie i completely agree i think he's just so charismatic and charming and i think i when this movie started i was like i'm 
very glad Disney like gave him his own movie because this one like it relies on so much of what Corbin's good at and like obviously he's a good dancer and it does a little bit of that but it's also good at his like he just has moves and this movie kind of like needs someone with those moves Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but also with that charm and he's a delight I honestly wish he did more I know he did a Christmas dance reunion last year with his co-star or like uh, his like pair you know they're all paired off in high school musical so um Mm -hmm. monique coleman yes um plays taylor in high school musical they starred in a christmas dance reunion which was um one of those i think hallmark made for tv movies where it basically was like marketed on the fact that they were reuniting which was cute and he does a lot of musical theater stuff and he's very good at it i have um in high school i saw him in uh in the heights (laughs) yeah he's great one of my favorite things, if you look online, you can find videos of him as Sky in Mamma Mia at the Hollywood Bowl with Dove Cameron playing Sophie. Yes, you have mentioned this and I need to go and watch it. But yes, yeah. Corbett Blue, I will say, so we mentioned like High School Musical, Catch That Kid. He did a stint on like One Life to Live. I think he was on Dancing with the Stars at one point. And then all his Broadway, he's been consistently working. I will say that not as big of things as like other high Mm -hmm. school musical stars like Zac Efron or Vanessa Hutchins. But I will say that he's been consistently working and he's so talented. I I just can't, I just can't stress it enough. He's, he's so talented. He's only, I forget how young the high school musical stars are. Cause yeah, he's only 33. I will say he is notably five years older than Kiki Palmer, which is a lot in 2007 right Mm -hmm. because he's like 18 and she's like 13 in that movie and i did feel that i will say she felt a little she pulled off playing older than 13 but you could feel the five-year age difference Mm -hmm. certainly yeah i'd love to see him as a leading man more i'd say i think i think he's up for it i do think it's a little harder for him to be a leading man without his his young young boy locks his hair is a youth was did do a lot of work for him and i do think he now has to wear his he now wears his hair a little shorter and he's still cute but i'm just saying (laughs) bring it back corbin (laughs) so he's he's still working but he's not the the i'd say the breakout star of this film the breakout star of this film is the breakout star of my heart kiki palmer (laughs) a girl (laughs) I had to go back. I was like, how old is Kiki? Because, like, she's been such a figure in my life, only to realize that she's Mm -hmm. the same age as us. Like, that's what's so wild because of how young she had to have been in this movie for it to be made. She has just, but she, I, I mean, she's just always been around from like Aquila and the Bee to like True Jackson VP. I forget which comes first. Is it True Jackson and then Jump In or Jump In and then True Jackson? Jump In and then True Jackson. Yeah, Jump In and then True Jackson. Like, she's just been everywhere and she's done all the things. Like, she's been a talk Mm -hmm. show host. She's been on film. She's been on TV. She's just done so much in a career. And I'm like, booked and busy always. (laughs) Always. And the thing is, we we joke about... um, (laughs) How I love to jihad someone and just try to speak their success into existence. I don't need to do that for Kiki. I used to joke about how I did it for Kiki, but the thing is Kiki never went away. 
Because like I was talking about once how I really wanted to see Kiki in more and then Hustlers was immediately announced. But that's not on me. Kiki has never stopped hustling. <laughs> like, oh God, I saw a tweet recently where like, you know, Kiki does red carpets too because she does everything. And she was doing these red carpet interviews and someone was like, somebody give Kiki Palmer a talk show. And somebody else said, it's not her fault you're not watching them. She's had like five. Yeah. <laughs> because the thing is, she's a very good talk show host too. She's just so good at interviewing and she's so warm and she like gets, I remember there was like this viral clip of her with maybe like Jessica Simpson or someone where she just like gets her to open up and it's just like, Kiki, the thing is, you could be medium at all of those things that we've just listed that Kiki does and does so well. But Kiki's so good at all of them. Mm -hmm. And I know I have, again, I'm trying to speak a career for Brenda Song into existence. I'm trying to speak a career for Corbin Blue into existence. I don't need to do that for Kiki because Kiki's agents work hard. <laughs> They're the hardest working agents in the business. <laughs> I am I am very excited for her to be in Jordan Peele's movie, Nope, this summer. I yes. will definitely be watching. I know she voices on the new Proud Family, Louder and Prouder. I have not seen that yet. And I, when I am less busy with life, I will watch that too. But she's also like just consistently stealing the show as well. So uh, Avery and I saw and loved Hustlers and she is not the star of Hustlers. And I gotta say, it's hard to show up, for example, uh, you know, J-Lo doing an incredible pole dance. It's hard to show up every member of your cast showing up, which I think they all did. But you know what? Kiki did it. She has a pretty small role, like a fairly small role in that movie. And she just, she shows up and she also shows up with what I've talked about many times, which is that child actor thing where you have, she is the child actor who grew up into the best actor with comedic timing. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I've spoken about it in terms of Brenda, in terms of a few other child actors, but I think Kiki Palmer is the gold. China and McLean. China and McLean. I think Kiki Palmer is my gold standard for like child actor who transitioned to adult actor and kept their comedic timing. Obviously, mm -hmm. Amanda Bynes, if Amanda Bynes is still working, she'd also be the gold standard because um, she her adult roles also had that. Right. But like Kiki Palmer is like it. <laughs> She's so funny and she's just so naturally funny, right? Like even in like those interviews where they're like asking her, who was it? They asked her who Dick Cheney was and she, be she becomes a meme so easily <laughs> because she's so funny even when she does not know who Dick Cheney is. Sorry for that, man. <laughs> and um, like even at work at Karma's World, like as a reference point once, I was like, we were talking about a shady character and I was like, Kiki Palmer, is out here releasing perfect, perfectly like composed character videos, like character sketches on Instagram. She does these videos called her like, I think they're like her Southern Belle drama videos or something where she just puts on an accent and plays like these, basically like these middle-aged church ladies, <laughs> like talking shit about each other. And she just like kills it. She's so funny and everything she does. So she is my queen. She is our queen. And I think we shout her out often enough that everybody listening already knows that. She's so good. She, um, I know she has semi-recent music I haven't listened to, but she's she's busy. I'm excited to see her in Nope. She's also going to be in that Lightyear movie about mm. the character behind Buzz Lightyear, the toy. Okay. <laughs> she's extremely busy. Um, 
And I, is she a lead in Nope? Is she going to be the lead in Nope? Yeah. Okay, good. Because I was going to say, it's it's clearly time for her, like, true leading woman moment. And yeah. she can get it. Yeah. She also seems to be in love with her boyfriend, which I support. Oh. She, she recently, like, like, a year or so ago, she, like, <laughs> came out and was like, I'm in a relationship. And I was like, I'm jealous, but I'm happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that, it's that meme of congratulations. <laughs> yes i love okay fun fact because i had to look up i was like did corbin blue and kiki palmer do their own stunts (laughs) and so (laughs) to clarify that corbin blue became this is and i quote corbin blue became very good at jumping and even performed some of his own stunts like the donkey kick and the push-ups but he did have a stunt double and you can see a bit of the stunt double like in the competition phase and that Kiki did almost all of her own double dutch stunts. Oh shit! So I would love to see Kiki like get on a jump rope and like show us some moves. She showed him up then because I will say the tricks they had her character doing were a little less difficult, probably because she was doing all of her yeah. own, which yeah. is much harder than having it. Wow! She so said did did most did most of her own double dutch. You know what? She did them all as far as <laughs> No, I think she showed him up either way. Most. Okay, very cool. I was also going to say, fun fact, so the dad that plays Izzy's dad is actually Corbin Blue's dad in real life. Okay, can I just say, I was going to say, that man looks exactly like Corbin Blue. I'm not even joking. <laughs> I was going to check because they have the same face. <laughs> yeah, it's his dad. That makes sense because like they don't like, like obviously Corbin doesn't look exactly, exactly like him, but they have, they have very similar facial features to the point where I was like, this guy was really well cast as Corbin's dad. <laughs> no, no, no. It's real dad. That's amazing. And um, it looks like he also plays his dad in High School Musical 3. <laughs> so when we get there. Everybody gets a check. <laughs> we love it. So Shauna, who was played by Shanika Knowles, unrelated to Beyonce, I had to check. Um, she <laughs> so she does this movie, but then I was like, why do I know her face? Like she looks familiar, and turns out she has like a mean girl character arc on Hannah Montana. And like when I saw that on her wiki, I like put it together. I was like, oh yeah. So yes, she did have a little huh. bit more more roles on on Disney. Sure, sure, sure. So she's um, obviously, I would say that. We still need a title for it, but I think we have our Disney kings and queens. The Disney king here is Corbin. Kiki is the breakout star, but she's not a she's she's not really a Disney girl. She honestly went on to be betray us and become a Nickelodeon. <laughs> but in the process, she gave us true Jackson VP. So it's us who should be thanking her. Keisha, who's played by if I say her name wrong, I truly apologize. Is it Lavon Green or Levain? She does, like, a couple more acting roles, but she really stops work and, like, does, like, a couple of, like, TV roles, like, one-off character or one-off episodes. But she basically stops working in, after, like, 2008. And went to the mili- U.S. Military Academy. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she uh, was in the Army for years. <laughs> okay. Wikipedia is more informative than you'd expect for someone who stopped acting in 2008. <laughs> And I was going to say the director of this film 
he's like, isn't he like the king of decom? So this is the man who like we found out directed like all of our favorite films. <sighs> our boy is a star. <laughs> He has, as we said, I think we said this last time we watched one of his films, but he's directed like a dozen plus decoms. And it's like a decom every couple of years. And he, he's just killing it. Yeah. He's done at least three of, four of the movies we've done so far. Cloud Nine, Minuteman, How to Build a Better Boy in this one. Before we wrap it up, I guess we got to talk about the music in this film still. We haven't really, really gone into it. And I think friend of the show, Carrie Crowley said that, um, Push It to the Limit is one of her, I think she said top 10 DCOM original songs. Whoa, that's big. Listen, I don't have a ranking, but it, I'd be hard pressed to find something better than like, fi- what is it? Like Fire and Rain <laughs> from Camp Rock 2, but I'll consider it. <laughs> Push It to the Limit was such, I don't even know how to describe it. Like Adam said, like, it was everywhere. It was everywhere. It was every. I still remember, like, the hype you felt when you hear that, that beginning where it's like, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> yes. <you know? laughs> it's just like, and it, it's, it's so hype immediately. It's kind of like, it's also like not a type of music that I'd say many of the DCOMs are, are working with. It's doing something exciting that's not straight pop it's such a good hype song it's such a good hype song it's that's what it is right it's getting you so hype makes me want to do sports just kidding i will never do sports (laughs) and that's a from a to z (laughs) non-promise whoa and the thing is like the whole soundtrack is dope right you've got like vertical it's my turn now nlt it's on and then um where do I go from here? <laughs> also, you know who else is on that soundtrack? Who? Our true prince of decom music, our boy Drew Seely. <laughs> I'm ready. A Drew Seely song. Wow. Uh, but that's amazing. We have our girl Jordan Pruitt. <laughs> And she sings, jump to the rhythm. You make me wanna jump to the rhythm Which is the song that plays for so much of this movie. Like in many, many scenes, we have an instrumental version of jump to the rhythm playing. Mm-hmm. It was for this movie, but it honestly feels like I, I mentioned it earlier. It really does feel like it could exist outside this movie. Push It to the Limit to me feels inherently of this movie. You can listen to it outside, but like Jump to the Rhythm, like I could have believed it was written for something else and then brought into the movie, which is wild because it says the word jump so many times. I, it was clear it was made for this movie. <laughs> I do think as a whole, this soundtrack feels like they put a lot of work into it. Like, I feel like for Cloud Nine, the focus was really on the song Cloud Nine. Yeah. Um, But this one, you know, you have multiple originals, like four or five original songs for this soundtrack, as well as like some fun pop, other pop music. And it just, I guess Double Dutch is inherently musical, but the movie isn't inherently musical. And they do have a lot of fun, fun, very, very upbeat music for it. I agree. I think that this movie is really great. I'm so glad that we picked this one. I think it's very classic decom with all its tropes that we talked about. And Corbin, let's have you in more things, my guy. Like, 
Let's do it. I'm ready. Exactly. I, I, I love the message. Another one that's great for kids, right? It's not about what other people are telling you. Do what makes you happy. While also, you know, having a great like father-son arc. Mary learning to have fun. So I think it's like a real like interweaving of good messages. So great job, y'all. I will say early on, you know, we have the bully popular kid and then we see that like transitioning to be something different. But I think what Disney has always done consistently well is like reminding kids of like gender stereotypes and like reminding them like you Mm -hmm. don't have to like the thing that like typical boys do or like typical girls do. And that's something that we've seen what we've talked about, whether it be like motocross right on track, like Eddie's million dollar cook off, like. There are some things in the past that I'm like, "Mm, questionable, but I will say that DCOMs have always had this stringing of like, do what you love, pursue what you love, no matter like what society may say. Yeah, and it does, it really, um, I don't know if, maybe we should come up with a term for it, but it does feel like a real like, it's a DCOM structure that they really, they really trust because so many of those ones you just described fit into that. And you know what? They make a great film. (laughs) Absolutely. And I do think it's the ways that they kind of break out of that. This is very exciting as a black decom for what it's worth, which I don't think we've talked about at all. Mm-hmm. It's set in Brooklyn. I'm doing air quotes for you guys here. Filmed in like, Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it tries to be a very black decom at least, um, which we don't see many of, I'd say. Yeah. Well, we have up, up in a way, which is like, the black yes. superhero one in the early 2000s. And we have Let It Shine. True. But you're right. Like, I think we get, like, few and far between. It wasn't, like, the most carefully painted black community necessarily. But I do think a lot of, like, effort was put into, like, making this a fun a fun and different decom, right? Because I think we've seen this decom be white a hundred times. <laughs> and South Asian once. <laughs> but I, I thought that was nice. All right. Well, thank thank you all for listening. As always, DM us on Twitter with your crushes. I checked the email on Monday and I have nothing to report. <laughs> I, I will say I did receive a text from a friend or maybe a message, I don't remember, telling me a crush, but it's just like, now what do I do with that information? <laughs> <laughs> I asked and I received and now I have nowhere to go. But thank you for listening, anonymous friend. I hope you meet again. <laughs> so follow us on Twitter at from A to Xenon. I'm at Jahan413. Adam is at the podcast Adam on all platforms. And Avery is Camille says 36. Like, rate, subscribe, all that good stuff. And then if you do have a crush, our email is supernovagirls2049 at gmail.com. We know some of you might have had trouble with that, and we just want to repeat it. Supernovagirls2049 at gmail.com. Maybe you missed a letter, and that's why I don't have any crushes in my inbox. <laughs> this was a blast of a decom. Absolutely. Five stars. Five stars. And now we're going to go to jump in a restaurant and trampolining place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.